Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. This is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. You know, I don't know if I should share this or not, but I was, I was, as we were leaving the house uh, this evening to come to church, uh, some people were out walking, and one couple walked by that, uh, that I know are, are he's retired, but he's quite a bit younger than I am. Uh, I don't know, maybe he's like 60 or something, whatever, anyway. But they're retired, and I thought, I had this thought, I thought, I'm only 76 years old. Why should I retire? I feel so good, you know. And uh, but I do. It's like I'm gonna. Do, we're just gonna keep pressing on. We're gonna keep serving God. You don't retire from from God. You just keep pressing on and, until it's time to go home, and then you just change locations. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, Father, we just bless you. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We just worship you with all of our hearts tonight. I thank you that you have given us life, that you've redeemed us, Lord, that you've purchased us and set us free from the enemy. We bless you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. I, by faith, I can hear you. Hallelujah. Okay, let's open up the Proverbs. We're going to read a lot of scripture tonight, so hang in there. Much more than usual. I just... I've got a message I feel like I want to bring, but I just feel like the scripture speaks for itself. So we're going to, we're going to actually we're going to read a lot of scripture in Proverbs tonight. So so stay with us. You know, hang in there, follow us. Uh, the word the word is going to bless you. It's been blessing me all day, and uh, so let's start in Proverbs chapter nine. Proverbs chapter nine and verse ten. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. I want to just share with you for a while tonight about wisdom. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of what I would title this. Not, not so much the importance of wisdom, but having the wisdom of God. You know, God has made wisdom available to us. Uh, but, it, but it's something we have to go after, the Bible. So we have to seek it. We have to search for it. The wisdom of God is available to us, but it doesn't just kind of fall on us. It's not, it's not an automatic thing. God responds to the heart cry of people. God responds to those who search for him, who go after him, who diligently seek him. You know, that word diligently appears, you know, over and over again in the scriptures about diligently seeking him and, and diligently following him. And, but if we will diligently go after wisdom, God will impart wisdom to us and we can walk in the wisdom of God for our lives. Hallelujah. It's wonderful. I tell you, the wisdom of God, it's, it's just a, it's a blessing. And we'll, we'll read about it in Jesus' name. In Proverbs chapter 4, and you can keep your fingers stuck, and if we go somewhere else, keep your fingers stuck in Proverbs because we're going to be coming back. In Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7, listen, the beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom. So, you know, if, you, if you're not 
after wisdom. It's not going to come. The beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom. And with all your acquiring, get understanding. Prize her and she will exalt you. She will honor you and embrace you. So if you go after wisdom and say, God, I want your wisdom. I want to walk in the wisdom of God. I want the wisdom of God for my life, for all the affairs of my life. Uh, God will give it to you and and you'll be a blessed person. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. First Kings. First Kings chapter three. In First Kings chapter three, verse starting in verse three. Now Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of his father David, except he sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. This is the very beginning of Solomon's reign, when he was still walking with God. You know that later in his reign, it's like he married all these foreign women, and it said they drew his heart away from God. And he began, an, he became an idol worshiper. I mean, it's really a sad story because God, God appeared to him twice. Twice, God appeared to him, and he still, and he, and still, this pull from from these foreign women just took his heart away from God. It's it's a it's a not a horror. It's a, it's just a such a shame that that happened. But this is when he was still uh, walking with God. In verse four, and the king went up to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. And Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream at night, and God said, ask what you wish me to give you. It's a, it's a blanket statement. You know, I don't mean to be uh, blasphemous by any way, but you know, the, you know the, the story of the genie, where you find the bottle and you rub the bottle and the genie pops out and says, you know, ask me whatever. You know, it doesn't matter. Whatever you want, I'll give it to you. And that's what God, that's, God's on a genie, but I'm not saying that. But it's like God is just a blanket statement. Ask whatever you will. And Solomon said, you have shown great loving kindness to your servant David, my father, according as he has walked before you in truth and righteousness and uprightness of heart toward you. And you've reserved for him his great loving kindness that you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Now, O Lord God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but yet I am but a little child, and I do not know how to go out or come in. Your servant is in the midst of your people, which you have chosen, a great people who are too many to be numbered and counted. So give your servant an understanding, a wise and an understanding heart to judge your people, to discern between good and evil, for who is able to judge this great people of yours? So what Solomon asked for was, was a wise and an understanding, well, an understanding heart. And God says, I'm going to give it to you. But I'm, I'm going to do more than that. I'm going to go one up on you. I'm going to give you that, and I'm going to give you the things you didn't ask for. And it was pleasing in the sight of the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And God said to him, because you've asked this thing and have not asked for yourself long life, nor have you asked for riches for yourself, nor have you asked for the life of your enemies, but you have asked for yourself discernment and to understand justice. Behold, I've done according to your words. And behold, I've given you a wise and a discerning heart, so that there has been no one like you before you, nor shall one like you arise after you. Isn't that amazing? He's going to be, he's going to be the wisest man on the planet. In fact, no one else coming after him is going to be, have the wisdom of Solomon. And also given you what you have not asked for. So when you, when you seek wisdom, this, this also comes with it. Riches and honor, so that there will not be any among the kings like you in all your days. If you walk in my ways and keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will prolong your days. And Solomon awoke, and behold, it was a dream. 
And he came to Jerusalem and stood before the ark of the covenant of the Lord and offered burnt offerings and made peace offerings and made a feast for his servants. And you know what happened after that? After that is the story. Uh, he goes back to Jerusalem and shortly, it seemed like shortly after that, these two women come before him for justice. And they're both, the Bible says, they're harlots. And they both had babies. And you know the story. One of the babies had died, and there was an argument between them. The one says, no, the, the, babe, the, the live baby is mine. The other woman says, no, the live baby is mine. And so what does King Solomon do? He said, well, we got one live baby. We got two women. So bring a sword, cut the baby in half, and they can each have half. And, and the real mother who's, says, she says, no, don't do that. Don't do that. She can have the other woman can have the baby. The other woman can have the baby. And Solomon discerned, he said, there's the real mother right there. Give the baby to that real mother. And listen, and, and it says, when all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had handed down, they feared the king, for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to administer justice. They saw that wisdom. It was demonstrated. King Solomon had tremendous wisdom, and God wants us to have it, to solve problems, to, 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 to do the affairs of our life. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so what is wisdom? Wisdom is having insight. It's having perception. You know, here's, here's my definition. Knowing what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. You know, God just gives you the wisdom. So you know what to do, you know when to do it, and you know how to do it. Because knowing what to do is one thing, but knowing when to do it's another. God works in times and seasons. And God will give you the whole picture. And he'll show you how to do it. He'll how to get it done so it gets done right. You know, it, the wisdom of God helps us handle the affairs of our life, just the ordinary affairs, not, not necessarily problems, just problems, but the ordinary affairs of our life in relationships, in husband and wife relationships. God, give me wisdom to be the husband that my wife needs me to be. In raising children, in, in our finances, and just in all that, we, want, we need the wisdom of God because the wisdom of God surpasses knowledge. Hallelujah. We know, to know what decisions to make. You know, to, to have wisdom is to be discerning. Is the Bible, another word might be to be astute, you know, uh, to know what to do and when to do it. Let me, let me give you a couple more examples. Is that right? Well, I'm going to do it anyway. Hallelujah. So uh, second, let's go to Second Samuel. Just back up in your Bibles a little bit. Second Samuel. Chapter 5. This is, this is when David just became king. In 2 Samuel chapter 5, it says, When the Philistines heard, I'm in verse 17, I'm sorry, I'm in verse 17. When the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to seek out David. And when David heard of it, he went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines came and spread themselves out in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, go up, for I will certainly give the Philistines into your hand. <clears throat> what's, the, what's the one important thing that David did? He inquired of the Lord. He said, God, I need, I need to know what to do in this situation. And so what happened? So God said, go up, and I'll give them into your hand. And David came to Baal Perizim, and he defeated them there. And he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies like the breakthrough of many waters. And therefore, he named the place Baal Perizim, which, which means the master of the Lord of the breakthrough. And they abandoned, they, the Philistines, abandoned their idols there 
and David and his men carried them away. <clears throat> now the Philistines came up once again and spread themselves out in the valley of Rephaim. Here, so here you go. Same enemy, same situation, same location, same battle facing them. But what does David do? Instead of saying, oh, been there, done that, bought the T-shirt, you know, let's go hammer them like we did last time. No, what does he do? He inquires of the Lord. And this is an important lesson. Every, for every situation, even if it's a very similar situation to others we've faced, and God might say, do the same thing. Well, fine. Now you know you get the word from God. But this time God said something that was a smart thing to do because God gave him a different instruction. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, you shall not go directly up, circle behind them, and come, come at them from the front of the balsam trees. And it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, then you shall act promptly. For then the Lord will have gone out before you to strike the army of the Philistines. And David did so, just as the Lord commanded him, and struck down the Philistines from Geba as far as Gezer. So you know what? I, here's what I wrote in my notes. When you've, when you've got the wisdom of God, you'll be at the right place, doing the right thing at the right time. God will just get, God, God will set it all up for you. And you just got to listen to what he said, but you got to inquire. You got to go to God and get that information. When it is, boy, I tell you, it, it just takes care of itself. Hallelujah. Colossians. This is, a, this is a short one. It's not a long one. This is a very short one. Colossians chapter 4. In verse 5. Conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. Let your speech always be with grace, as though seasoned with salt, so that you will know how you should respond to each person. So this relates to just sharing the gospel with somebody. And you need the wisdom of God in that situation. Why? So that you know what to say. And when to say it, you know, when to shut up and when to talk, you know, when to talk and when to listen. Sometimes you need to listen to people. You know, you don't always have to, we don't always get everyone saved all the time. God might be using you to plant a seed. God might be using you to water a seed. God might be using you finally to lead somebody to the Lord. But when you've got the wisdom of God and you're sharing with people about the things of God, God will, God will let you know what to say. When to say it, how to say it, when to shut up, when to listen with a compassionate ear. It, it just works. And then when you walk away, it's like you know you did the right thing because you've got the wisdom of God. So conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, the Bible says. Amen. And finally, Mark chapter 12, another familiar story. Mark chapter 12, verse 13. And they sent some Pharisees and Herodians to him in order to trap him in a statement. And they came and said to him, Teacher, we know that you are truthful and defer to no one, for you are not partial to any, but you teach the way of God. Oh, listen, this is such hypocritical flattery. I mean, they, all they want to do is, is nail him if they, you know, well, I shouldn't use that expression. They, they, just, they just want to trip him up, but they, they're just hypocrites. Anyway. For you're not partial to anybody. Every time I read that, it's like, oh, you bunch of hypocrites. <laughs> it's just, ah. Anyway. Why are you, so anyway, Jesus said, but he knowing their hypocrisy said, why are you testing me? Oh, I've got to back up. For, is it lawful? I forgot to read this. Is it lawful to pay a poll tax to Caesar or not? Shall we pay or shall we not pay? But he knowing their hypocrisy said to them, why are you testing me? Bring me a denarius to look at. And they brought one. And he said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is this? And they said to him, Caesar's. And Jesus said, 
Jesus said to them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they were amazed at him. Oh, boy, tell you, when, the, when you get the wisdom of God, phew, that settles it. That's the, no more arguing. You know, it's that, that's the answer. Bang, it shuts everything down. But God, when God gives you the answer, it's the right answer. Hallelujah. In Acts chapter 6, there was a, an incident that arose in the new church. And it says, now about this time, disciples were increasing in number. A complaint arose apart against the Hellenistic Jews, against the native Hebrews, because their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. So they, the church was kind of like the, the, the feeding place for those who didn't, didn't have anything. And the 12 summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, it is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, bring, therefore brethren, Select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, who we may put in charge of this task. So in, even, even in serving, picking people to serve food, to, to wait on tables, you might say, they need to be full of the Holy Spirit and what? And wisdom. And Stephen was full of wisdom. And it says later in that chapter, they couldn't refute the wisdom of Stephen. And actually got him in trouble, but we'll leave that aside. Hallelujah. All right, now let's go back to Proverbs. I want to read uh, quite a bit of scripture in Proverbs. And I know that's not probably what the best thing to do, but I, I just felt that I got to let the scripture speak for itself. Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1. Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction. The Proverbs that, I'm, that he has written here. He said, these Proverbs will get you to know wisdom and instruction. They get you to know to discern the sayings of understanding. To receive instruction in wise behavior. Righteousness, justice, and equity. It, this is why you should read Proverbs. Because they will impart wisdom to us. They, will, they really will. To receive instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and equity. To give prudence to the naive, to the youth, knowledge, and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase in learning. And a man of understanding will inquire wise counsel. To understand a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, beginning of knowledge. Fools hate wisdom and instruction. That's powerful. Fools hate wisdom. Instruction, godly wisdom. Verse 20. Wisdom shouts this. I tell you, this is one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. I've preached on this before. To me, this is this these, this next passage of scripture is powerful. It really uh, brings forth a truth about serving God, listening to God, walking after God. Wisdom shouts in the street. She lifts her voice in the square. At the end of the noisy street, she cries out, she who wisdom. At the entrance of the gates in the city, she utters her sayings. How long, O naive ones, will you love being simple-minded? And scoffers delight themselves in scoffing, 
and fools hate knowledge. How long will fools hate knowledge? But see, wisdom, where is, where is wisdom? Wisdom shouts in the streets, at the entrance of the city, at the gates. See, the, these cities had walls all around them, and there was just certain, certain gates to get in, and that's where all the people funneled. All the people had to funnel in through these gates, and the gates were a place of business. It's a place where uh, legal transactions were conducted. It was just a, like a wide-open public market. It was, a, it was a gathering place for people. So wisdom says, I'm not hiding somewhere in a back alley. I'm not, I'm not in a closet somewhere. I'm out in the public. I'm shouting, here I am, here I am. God says the wisdom is available. It's available. It's out there for you. And here's what wisdom says in verse 23. Turn to my reproof. If you do, behold, I'll pour out my spirit on you. I'll make, you, I'll make my words known to you. If you turn, I'll, I'll do it. I'll give it to you. Because I called and you refused, I stretched out my hand and no one paid attention. You neglected all my counsel. You did not want my reproof. What will happen? If, see, I came to you over and over and over again. You know, it's like in the Old Testament. It's like God, God at one point told the Israelites, after they'd been backslidden and idol worshipers for 400 years around about that time, God said finally, that's it. You're going, into, you're going into captivity in Babylon. I sent you prophet after prophet after prophet to repent. And what did you do? You stoned them. You, bet, you beat them. You drove them away. You rejected what I've said. So that's it. You're going. You're going into captivity. You, you can fast. You can pray. You can cry out. But it's done. It's over. You're going. And this is, what it, this is kind of basically what it's saying here. Because I called and you refused. Not just once, but God called and called and called. I stretched out my hand and no one paid attention. And you neglected my counsel and did not want my reproof. What will happen? I will laugh when your calamity comes. I'll mock when your dread comes. When your dread comes like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, they'll call upon me, but I will not answer. It's like, What? Pastor, I don't like that. Well, it's what it's, I, I got to live by this as much as anybody. It's amazing. There can come a point where you reject, 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 reject. And finally, when something bad, really, really bad happens, it's like you call out to God. God says, you know, you had your chance. I know this is, this is not going along probably with some people's theology, but I'm just reading the scriptures. This is what hits me. He says, you'll call upon me, but I'll not answer. They'll seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Why? Why? Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would not accept my counsel. They spurned all my reproof. So they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be satiated with their own devices. That's powerful. For the, for the waywardness of the naive will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But he who listens to me shall live securely and will be at ease from the dread of evil. So that's the answer. Listen to God. Receive his instructions and his corrections. Now, chapter 2. The heading here says, The pursuit of wisdom brings security. Here's, here's what happens if you, if you do pursue. If you don't reject God, if you pursue wisdom. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding, for if you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. So he's talking about a diligently searching. It's like searching with all your heart. It's almost like a desperate search. I need to have this wisdom. I'm going after it. I'm, I'm, I'm going after it with all of my heart. For the Lord gives wisdom, verse 6, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. 
He's a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice. And he preserves the way of his godly ones. Then, if you do all that, all that what it says, then you will discern righteousness and justice and equity and every good course. And wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will guard you and understanding will watch over you to deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things. And then it goes on to describe uh, evil things that it will protect you from. Let me, let me just read a little bit more. Proverbs chapter 3, beginning in, in, in verse 13. Listen, this is the rewards of seed. You seek wisdom, and God will bless you. That's what Solomon said, you remember? That's what God told Solomon. These things will be given to you. How blessed, verse 13, how blessed is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. Her prophet, whose prophet? Wisdom, her prophet is better than the prophet of silver and her gain better than fine gold. She's more precious than jewels and nothing you desire compares with her. Listen, I got this underlined in my Bible. Long life is in her right hand. Hallelujah. If I'm seeking God and I'm seeking his wisdom in my life, I can believe that God, that's what God said to Solomon. I'm going to give you long life. I'm going to give you riches. In her left hand are riches and honor. Hallelujah. I'm not going after long life. I'm not going after riches and honor. But if I'll go after God, the wisdom of God, it'll be added unto me. Hallelujah. Her ways are pleasant ways. Whose ways? Wisdom. And all her paths are peace. She's a tree of life to those who take hold of her. And happy are all who hold her fast. Praise God. Hallelujah. So you go after wisdom. Yes, God, I want your wisdom. All with all of my heart. Amen. And finally in verse, in Proverbs chapter 12. I'm talk, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1. Hear, O sons, the instruction of a father. And give attention that you may gain understanding. For I give you sound teaching. Do not abandon my instruction. When I was a son to my father, tender and the only son in the sight of my mother. He's talking about his father David. Then he taught me and he said to me, let your heart hold fast my words. Keep my commandments and live. What? Acquire wisdom. Acquire understanding. Do not forget to turn from the words of my mouth. Do not, for, do not forsake her and she will guard you. Love her. And she'll watch over you. Who's he talking about? Love who? Wisdom. Do not forsake her. She'll guard you. Love her. She'll watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is what? Acquire wisdom. And with all your acquiring, get understanding. Prize her, and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a garland of grace. She will present you with a crown of beauty. Hear, my son, and accept my sayings, and years of life will be many. I have directed you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in the, in the upright paths. When you walk, your steps will not be impeded. And if you run, you will not stumble. Praise the Lord. I mean, isn't that what you want for your life? I know what it is. It's what, it's what I want for mine, for sure. Hallelujah. So, you know, if you're born again, here's, here's a couple more scriptures I want to share with you. If you're born again, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30, that Jesus has been made unto us the wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. You know, I always say that. I say, thank you, Lord. You're in me. Your spirit is in me. And you have been made to me wisdom from God. Thank you that you give me wisdom. Hallelujah. I seek it. I search for you. I claim it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for the wisdom of God operating in my life. And then it says this also. 
In Colossians chapter 2 and verse 3, it says, In him, in Jesus, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in him. And where is he? By his spirit, where is he? He's in me. That doesn't mean I know everything, but God will give me the wisdom that I need for my life and for the decisions that I need to make. Hallelujah. So, But I've got to go after it, like the Bible says. I've got to seek it with all my heart. Here's my prayer. I've got, I've got two prayers that I pray, and I'll, and I'll give them to you, and you can take them or leave them. But I've got two prayers that I pray over my life. I would say almost every single, very, very rare do I skip praying this. In Ephesians chapter 1, in verse 17, Paul says, I pray the Lord will give you, but I pray for myself. I said, Father, I thank you for giving me a spirit of wisdom, a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of you. God, thank you for giving me a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. I pray the eyes of my heart would be enlightened, that I might know what is the hope of your calling, what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of your of your power toward us who believe. These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him in his right hand, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and made him head over all things of the church, which is his body. Hallelujah. But God, I, I, I pray. I'm at prayer, and I pray, and I pray, and I ask you, that you give me a spirit of wisdom, Lord, and of revelation and the knowledge of you. And then, and then in Colossians chapter 1, uh, there's a prayer that Paul prayed, and I prayed for myself. I pray, Father, that you'd give me, that you'd fill me with the knowledge of your will. Fill me, Lord, with the knowledge of your will. Listen, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, thank you, Lord, for spiritual wisdom and spiritual understanding, that I might walk in a manner worthy of you, Lord, to please you in every respect, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Thank you, Lord, for giving me a spirit of wisdom. Hallelujah. So I pray that for myself. I pray it for myself. I pray it for my wife and I. I pray it for my fam- over my family that God would give us, my wife and I, wisdom for our family. I pray that God would give me wisdom to be the pastor of this church, to, to lead the church where, where God wants to go. I need the wisdom of God. I've got to have it because I don't know. Otherwise, I don't know what I'm doing, but God knows. And he'll show you what to do in your, in your life also. And then I want to close with this one point. A wise man not only knows what to do, but a wise man also knows that he doesn't know it all. And one of the real keys to the wisdom of God is being able to receive instruction for someone else. To listen to another voice that knows more than you, that has an answer that maybe you don't have. Because God won't always give it to you, but God will get it to you somehow. He'll either give it to you or he'll give it to you through someone else. So you have to be able to recognize the wisdom of God when you hear it and receive it and thank God for it. Hallelujah. So that's it. I pray somehow that we have stirred some of you to, to seek wisdom. Say, so you know what? I'm going after the wisdom of God. I need more wisdom in my life. I want to know what God wants for me. I want to be able to have peace in every decision I make because God has given me the wisdom to know what to do when to do it, and how to do it, in Jesus' name. So, Father, I thank you that you have not withheld wisdom from us, that you give it freely, Lord, liberally. James said, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not. But let him ask in faith without any doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. 
Let not that man expect that he'll receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. But James says the wisdom of God is available if we just go after it in faith. So go after it. And I tell you, God will direct your path, and you can live a life of real peace in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's Word and that you be filled with His love and strength as you daily serve Him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.